Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know how steamy it is, but hot, yeah. <laughs> My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This is Stephen, and I just want to share. Uh, yeah, I want to expound on that just quickly, because the real man... Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest-growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I am so excited, honored, blessed, to be in a position to share information. Sometimes it's good information, sometimes it's bad information, but it is my job to bring forth, or let me just say it is a gift to bring forth information that hopefully empowers and enlightens people. So welcome, welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every week. Now, I want to invite you all to download the app for the show, which is Coffee Talk with Soy. It should be in your app store. So if you have Google Play or iTunes, visit your app store, type in the name Coffee Talk with Soy and download the app. It's free. I encourage you to use it because it does, I know that people are traveling and, you know, we're in a mobile society now and people got, just got things to do and I understand that. And so I want you to be able to take the show with you. I want to be with you on, on your journey. I want the information to also be with you on your journey. So download that so that you will have that available to you. Now, generally I open up the show and I talk about my favorite morning beverage, which is Camille Macchiato. I, I just love that. And if any of you have ever been in my presence, uh, select few. I kind of make that uh, for uh, my friends and family. But today is a new day. Today is a different day. I've had two shots of uh, cappuccino, two shots of espresso. So I am on full flight this morning, and it it may not have been a good idea now that I think about it, but it's a new day. It's a new day for me. It's a new day for others out there as well, because somebody's life changed. You know, someone woke up this morning without a family member. Someone woke up this morning without a nephew. Someone woke up this morning without a cousin, without a brother. And someone woke up this morning without their African-American son. My God, I pray for them because I know that has got to be beyond heartbreaking and such a devastating experience. Now, I am a child of God. I believe in a higher power. 
I believe in purpose. I believe in gifts. I believe in blessings. I believe that we all have a purpose here. And what upsets me is that some of us have the power to speak, the power to influence others, the power to be leaders, and we fail to act on that. We fail to step out and lead people to do what needs to be done. There are people right now sitting, hiding, when they know that they have leadership traits in them to step out and do something. And why is that so important today? Because given what we are dealing with in our communities, we need leaders to step up, not just prominent leaders that we see on TV like Al Sharpton and all these other high-powered figures, but there are unknown leaders. There are people who haven't made big names for themselves. Maybe it's in your subdivision. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's at your child's school. Maybe it's at the PTA meeting, on the football field, or whatever social organization you're in. There are people there who are leaders who are failing to step. And I'm saying to you that you need to do that. The communities need you. Our people need you. I'm so pissed right now because I get sick and tired of people who always have something to say until it's time to say it. Then where are they? Where are they? Step up, people. Step up. It's time. It's beyond time. It's beyond time. They always have something to say until it's time to say it. And then where are they? This morning, we're going to go into some topics that are affecting our community. The show topic today is Fragile Ferguson, No Justice, No Sleep. This city has been impacted by a devastating murder is what it is. Execution is what it is. And what I've learned is that this is not new to this city. This is not new to the city who has been policed by these policemen. And it came a point in time that they apparently got fed up. They're tired. Y'all know what that feels like, right? At some point in your life, you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and then you just feel like you need to do something. Well, during this show, if you feel like you need to say something, press 1 on your phone so you can be in queue because we love to get your comments on the air some of you are listening online, and I thank you for your support as well. But your comments are also welcome. So if you want to say something or, sh- or get it um, on the air, then go ahead and type it in. Um, we are going to be monitoring the group page on Facebook. So if you have a comment you want to share there, do that. We want to get your comments in. So do do, do that. Because while Ferguson may be in Missouri, there are a lot of Fergusons all over this country. And and we do want people to be able to share their experiences because I want people to be empowered after the show and feel like you need to find out what your purpose is and how you impact humanity, how you impact your communities and, and do something. There are people out there who are journalists and I hope that you are writing about these things and writing and writing until you can write no more. People who have a platform as myself to whatever your audience is, whether it's one to a hundred or a thousand, how many people you reach, You should be speaking about this. 
we should be sick and tired of dealing with these kinds of situations and scenarios. And we need to be doing something before Ferguson. If you have not met Ferguson, you will meet Ferguson. So you need to get together with your community and, and make sure that you guys are protecting yourself against these local um, issues that are going on so that you can begin addressing them. Because we need to stop this. There should be no more Ferguson. We need to band together. There is power in people. When we come together, oh, my God, there is power in people. Let's utilize that. Let's unite ourselves and be powerful. Fragile Ferguson, no justice, no sleep. This city has been impacted by, by a situation where Michael Brown was shot and killed by a police officer. It happened last week, last Saturday, and their, their fight is still going on. And so just to bring everyone up to speed, I'm going to play the, one of the first um, audios that were released that talked about the situation. And the reason why I selected this one, because it has so much detail, and I think that there is so much detail in the moment. So at this moment, this is what was reported, and I want you to check this out. Listen in. News 4 is covering breaking news. We continue following a very hostile breaking news situation. There is outrage tonight from those reacting to a Ferguson police officer shooting and killing an 18-year-old. The community is flooding the streets of North County demanding answers. News 4 has team coverage with two crews following the developments. We begin with News 4's Brittany Noble, who's live at West Florissant in Canfield, where the teenager was killed. What kind of reaction have you seen tonight, Brittany? Well, Chris, the situation here continues to change. As day became night, more and more people became frustrated with police about what happened to an 18-year-old boy named Mike from Normandy. Now, there are hundreds of people standing in this area. Earlier today, I was here too. Police eventually cleared the scene. My photographer and I turned down Canfield. It's right there in that intersection, hoping to talk with more people. We quickly left because there was a dumpster fire. Now, since then, we've seen multiple police cars going in and out of that neighborhood that we were just in. County Councilwoman Hazel Irby was also there and shocked by the scene. Be honest, how bad is it right now? I think it's very bad. There's a large crowd over there. And I think that you see the police are going back and forth over there uh, continuously. So it's not going to die down soon. Something has to be done. We need the investigation, uh, a quick investigation. There are lots of county police cars here, but it is the job of Ferguson to control the crowds in the neighborhood. So I did speak with the chief of Ferguson, the police chief, and you can hear what he has to say coming up about how he plans to calm everybody down. But first, the details of the shooting are still very unclear, but the situation has many people from Ferguson, from the Ferguson neighborhood, beyond angry. News 4 Corey Stark has been talking with people and witnesses who saw it all happen. He's live from the St. Louis County Police Headquarters. Corey. Now, Brittany, well, as you showed us, this shooting, this situation has sent a shockwave through an entire community. Now, earlier, Ferguson police did confirm that one of their officers did shoot and kill the teenager, as you mentioned, named Mike. 
Now, the big question, of course, is why. The St. Louis County Police Department is the one handling that part of the investigation. Meanwhile, dozens of people who saw this shooting happen, they say this officer acted unjustly. We wasn't causing any harm to nobody. Uh, we had no weapons on us at all. Dorian Johnson says he was walking home from a convenience store with his friend Mike Brown. They were walking on the street when a Ferguson police officer from his vehicle told the boys to get out of the street. Johnson says they kept walking, causing the officer to confront the boys, first from his car, then got out of the car, firing a shot. Johnson says him and Brown were scared and ran away from the officer. He shot again, and once my friend felt that shot, he turned around and he put his hands in the air, and he started to get down, but the officer still approached with his weapon drawn, and he fired several more shots. No, no Instantly, hundreds gathered, angered and saddened by what they call a complete overreaction by the officer. Now a family is demanding answers. You took my son away from me. You know how hard it was for me to get him to stay in school and graduate. You know how many black men graduate? Not many. Because you bring them down to this type of level where they feel like I don't got nothing to live for anyway. They're going to try to take me out anyway. The crowd became more angered, even someone firing shots. No one was hurt. Meanwhile, Brown's body laid in the street for hours. The shots that were being fired were very close to that scene. So we needed to make sure that the crime scene was safe. That's why we called for the additional uh, officers so that we could safely, without conflict, move everyone back far enough. Ferguson Police Chief Tom Jackson says the St. Louis County Police Department is handling the investigation into the officer shooting and says as standard procedure, the officer has been put on paid administrative leave. We do want this investigated fully, and that's why we asked for the outside help to do that. And as you saw in that video, this all happened in the middle of a very busy apartment complex with a lot of witnesses. We understand that police do have cell phone videos from several witnesses that could be a part of this investigation, once again being handled by the St. Louis County Police Department. We'll continue to monitor this situation throughout the night, have the very latest on News 4 this morning and, of course, later on in this show. Chris, we'll send it back to you. And the NAACP of St. Louis County says they're launching an independent investigation into this shooting and they're asking the FBI to step in and help. Esther Haywood sat down with us this evening to express her concerns about what happened today. She tells us the young man may have stolen cigarettes from a nearby convenience store and he was unarmed when he was shot. When he ran, they shot him. And then when he went down, evidently, it was said that he went for his telephone, trying to get his cell phone. And they, that, that's when he was shot nine times. It's a frightening thing to think about what might be happening behind this. We want to make this very clear. Police investigators haven't told us yet why the officer fired on the 18-year-old or how many times he was shot or if he was armed. Haywood insists the NAACP will do everything in their power to get the details related to this shooting from Ferguson Police and St. Louis County Police. Now to wrap it all up, here's what we know. Around noon today, a Ferguson police officer shot and killed an 18-year-old on West Florissant Avenue. The incident brought large crowds to the area, prompting a heavy police presence with 15 departments to control the scene. The St. Louis County Police Department is now in charge of the shooting investigation. We'll continue our team coverage throughout this show, and we'll bring you any developments on air and online 
as we get them. And remember, you can find all the details of this investigation anytime on our KMOV mobile app. That was reported from a local TV station in, in St. Louis. And, and like I said, I collected I that because in the moment they had so much, so much detail. I want you, I wanted you to hear what was going on in the moment when, when the body was in the street and the people were asking questions and they were not getting answers and the body had just laid there for hours and how the community was feeling like their needs were not being addressed. And I want to say that because sometimes the way media portray things is not really what it is. And so watching this from across the country from another city, you see, oh, someone was shot. Okay. Oh, and then the, the community just went off. No, that's not really what happened. There were some things that were transpiring, and that would set the community off. Was it right or wrong? Well, the, the, you make you, you decide that for yourself, but I just want to share this information with you. And, and I want to share how the community had begun to come out and exercise their rights by inquiring as to what was going on, taking video, taking photos of what they were observing, and how the police were becoming irate with that, snatching phones, throwing them down, arresting people. There was even media out there trying to record what was going on, and they were uh, arresting them uh, and charging them with disorderly conduct and, and locking them up as well. And that is when the looting began to start. People just went crazy. Now, on the show with us today, we have a caller who is out of Atlanta. And I want to bring this young man on to speak because he has had some history and association with just empowering African-American people and communities. And I want him to come on this morning and share his thought process on how he feels about what's going on. Welcome to the show, Donald. How are you? I'm wonderful, wonderful. So how are you? I'm, I'm heated trying to, uh, but I'm, I'm sure you can relate. You can relate because you have experience trying to build networks and trying to build associations to fight these very same issues and, and have somewhat been unproductive because you you tell me why. why. Why is it that, this is the question for you, Don, why, what's so hard about us forming community activists to help with these local issues? Well, for starters, let me say your opening statement was profound. Um, and I want to zero in on something that you said because I've been trying to figure out how to articulate the feelings, the long-held feelings of the community in Ferguson and thousands of communities across uh, this country and throughout the world. And you said when you're feeling in despair, you act out. And one of the key components to that is I want to put that in a, on an individual level. I know several adult, mature, professional men and women that have been chastised over and over by another particular individual until they get to the point where they have to strike back with violence. I personally know some of them. Take that in context with what you said. That is the feeling of the community. Now, 
in terms of collective, we tend to look at things. We have grown into a society of individuality. It's mm-hmm. how do I self, what is in my mm-hmm. own self interest mm-hmm. versus Ooh. what is in our own collective mm-hmm. best interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to buy... Uh, Prior to the civil rights movement, we were forced to deal in acting in our collective self and best interests. And when we were forced to do that, in spite of all the hardships, the racism, uh, the lack of good education and things of that, we built universities, we built communities, we Mm. built businesses. The church, the black church, was fundamental in the growing of all of these things because we had to act as a collective. We can only rely on ourselves in order to do that. Integration has brought on a totally different aspect to this because at that point we moved into I can go outside of my community and get benefits that enhance me or my family Mm. or my children. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Focus on the children for a second. And the best way I can explain this is to tell a story. Uh, I have a tailor. His name is Maktar. He's from Senegal. And I was in Mm -hmm. his shop one day, and a young lady came in with two beautiful little girls. And she was from Kenya. And Maktar asked her, he said, who are those two beautiful children? And she said, they're my children. And he looked at her and he said, I only thought you had one child. And she looked at him and she said, Maktar, you have lost your African ways. You know that when a child leaves the womb of that mother, that child becomes all of our children. And if you know Maktar as I do, I've never seen him just get shut down by anyone. He just sat there couldn't say anything because that rang truth to him. And I brought that out to say that our children or these children that some of us tend to look at as the other are disgusted in Mm. the way that they are reacting to uh, Mm. the situation that they find themselves in, guess what? We, they are only a reflection of who we are. When we begin to look at our own as a reflection of who we are, when I look at you, I see me. Because our futures mm-hmm. are tied together, okay? Mm. What happens to you ultimately ends up affecting me. So we've gotten, away from, we've gotten away from that, that mindset, that collective mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like my father used to say, you are my future. So if we disconnect our future because we don't particularly care for mm-hmm. how they respond or the things that we're doing, what does that say about our own future. Mm-hmm. When, when we become 60 and 70 and 80 years old, God willing, and beyond that, what does that say to us? Because yeah. who is ultimately responsible for how they are, how our own children and Yeah, I, I, can, I, I can definitely see that. And that's a profound statement that, that, that you made, and it really brought chills to me hearing you say that we have gotten away from that community association and now just propelling our own individuality. And, 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 and the sad thing is that you and your individuality are still dealing with community issues. And then you feel, 
outnumbered. You feel like you have no support because you disassociated yourself with the community. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we we move away. We uh, are so busy entrenched in and taking care of our own um, that we have just looked away from from everything else. Yet, uh, there for the grace of God, go I. That could be my child. That could be your child. And, and we look yeah. at that as that that somebody else's child that happened to that that that's not my child until it happens to you. Mm. And then you want then you want the community to rally and support what's happened to your child. Mm-hmm. And when the community isn't rallying in in the way that you think they should, you don't understand, so you further become disconnected. So we, we keep doing things to ourselves. It's like I'm amazed at how many people since that video of uh allegedly Mike Brown uh taking the blunt cigar, cigarette or whatever, how the focus has become on what he did versus what the outcome as yeah, if yeah. as if that rises to uh the level of outright mm-hmm. murder or or Eric Garner in New York peddling cigarette loose cigarettes on the street for twenty five cent or fifty cents that that rises to the level of getting chokehold to death or or Oscar in Oakland talking back to a police authority, and that rises to the death of him. And and we get caught up in this this media hype and letting others define what our own reality is versus we defining the storyline and the reality. And, and you know, let me – that's a good point. And let me just say this, that this issue with the police is happening all across the country. We have issues with the police here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Uh-huh. We have issues with the police in uh, New York. I, I read an article where the police wanted to arrest this woman because she was breastfeeding her baby at a public bus stop. The woman continued, uh-huh. and even the people who were at the bus stop spoke against him saying, you know, leave her alone, that's wrong. He told them to shut up, mind their business. He proceeded to snatch the woman, take her, arrest her. Well, when he snatched her to arrest her, the baby fell. The baby had an injury to the head. The baby died. You understand what I'm saying? So it's kind of it's things going on here in the Atlanta area where the even think about yourselves when you're pulled over by the police officer. He's supposed to serve and protect. If you're breaking the law, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. He cites you for what he appears to be a violation, and then you deal with it in the judicial system. That's not happening. That, we got to do exactly. something about the police taking measures in their own hands. That's what this is about. If that boy sold something out the store or if it was theft or whatever it was, there's a judicial system in process, and that's another whole show, to deal with that. Uh-huh. But we're talking about now how the police are policing our neighborhoods. They're not uh-huh. there to serve uh-huh. and protect us. Uh-huh. Well, that's well, not, to, that's not what's happening. And we've got to get involved in that. We've got to get involved in how our policemen are being selected, how they're being, the hiring process. We've got to get involved with these local issues. It goes much deeper than that. Let's follow the money, if you will. Police departments are funded and controlled by local politicians, correct? Absolutely. And we're under the misunderstanding that the local politicians are controlled by the citizens, that our vote matters. And I'm not saying do not vote, do not be a part of the Mm -hmm. process. But it goes much deeper than that because the politicians' loyalties 
are actually towards the corporate funders that fund their campaigns. And when you have corporations and when you have corporations dictating policy, mm. then the people become less of a concern. But here's the here's the trick. We as a collective community continue to fund the very same corporations mm. that lobby and put their money behind these policies, this culture that exists today. It, 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 it's put like, it out it, there. Put it out there, Donald. Why, we got why, why, should, left. Put it out there. Why, put it out there. Why should I care about your feelings if you continue to spend your dollars with me? That is the, I mean, let, we, we need to wake up and understand that economics drives everything. If we, if we controlled our own economics within our community, then we can control the local politicians who control the local police departments because then those politicians are looking to keep us in their good favor because they don't want to do without what? that almighty dollar. We, we got it twisted. Our leaders are not telling us the actions and the solutions that we need to take place. Yes, I'm all for assembly and peaceful assembly, and, and sometimes civil disobedience is the answer. Sometimes you need that. Uh, Kent State, think about that back in the 60s. But they're not mm-hmm. teaching us or telling us that this all boils down to economics. We are acting out of our own best interest. Thank you. No, thank thank you. Y'all y'all thank y'all thank my step in uh co host today who who kinda helped in aiding and, and, and sharing information out there. We, we want you to get involved. Get involved, get involved in your community. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Donna, for sharing that insight. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, folks. Have a great week.